Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 22, that many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Haven't we done many marvelous works in your name? He said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. On today, we're going to explain what a worker of iniquity is. Stay tuned. You were listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series The Adventures of Rai Rai. For more information, visit the website at dariusgood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. And now, here's your Bible teacher, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to the Good Treasure Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Visit our website today at dariusgood.com. I'm not only a pastor, I'm also a book author. I'm a music producer, a songwriter. I have several albums that are out. You can find that information on the website. But I want to highlight my books. I have about seven titles that are available. One is The Fear of the Lord is a very, very critical uh, foundational teaching. I explain the principles of the fear of the Lord. And the mistake is most people think that they relate to God. But majority of the fear of the Lord, the requirements actually deal with our interaction with people. And so I encourage you to pick up this book today. It's a great foundational study as the fear of the Lord is a requirement for all aspects of our Christian walk from holiness to a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of faith. I mean, you name it. Everything is a part of the fear of the Lord. That is the foundation. So visit the website today and visit the church's website at bgc.family. On today, we want to look at this, this topic of iniquity. You're listening to episode 15, and it's entitled Workers of Iniquity. We've been dealing with the topic of righteousness for the last several weeks. As we've been laying out the three requirements, as explained by Jesus, to live a lifestyle of righteousness. It will include the righteousness of the scribes, the righteousness of the Pharisees, and the righteousness of faith. And you can find that verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. And of course, it only mentions the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. But that third part that Jesus doesn't include is the righteousness of faith. And so we covered this on last week. But when we concluded last week's message, we, we dealt with this passage out of Matthew chapter 7. So we understand that the righteousness of faith begins with our walk with Jesus Christ. And as I've been pushing extremely heavy, the importance of having a balanced walk with God, which is really a balanced lifestyle of righteousness. So if you're given to prayer, that falls under the righteousness of the Pharisees. If you're given to tithing, that's the righteousness of the Pharisees. If you're given to understanding the scriptures and reading the scriptures, that's the righteousness of the scribes. If you're given to a lifestyle of holiness, let's live according to God's laws. I will not commit adultery. I will not bear false witness. That's the lifestyle of the scribes. And Jesus said that that falls short. And so all three parts are necessary to live a life pleasing to God. 
What I want to highlight on today at this point is oftentimes people that are given to the lifestyle of faith. So, so salvation, I, I receive Jesus as my Lord and savior. Now he begins to Lord over my life. I look to him for direction in all of my ways. I acknowledge him. He directs my path. His word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my path. Um, we are to pursue a lifestyle of righteousness with include, which includes right paths or paths of righteousness. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So now this is a lifestyle of obedience because obedience is not necessary to pay tithe. Obedience and faith are not necessary to read through the scriptures and gain understanding. You really don't even need uh, obedience for a lifestyle of prayer. You might need faith in that aspect of believing that God hears you when you pray. Um, but you don't need obedience when it comes to a lifestyle of prayer. Obedience is when the, the Lord leads and directs you. And of course, Galatians hits that very hard that the sons of God, those that are mature in God are those that are led by the spirit of God. The righteousness of faith would also include all aspects of faith. The Bible talks about going from faith to faith. So in Romans 1:17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is a lifestyle of faith. So now it's a lifestyle of obe obeying and being obedient to God. Jesus lived a lifestyle of obedience and he teaches us that in his life. He said, I need must go to Samaria. Why? Because that's where the Lord was telling him to go. Lazarus dies and he, he waits several days before he goes to see Lazarus. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself. I do what God shows me. So he would see it in dream or vision and then he would do what he saw. He said, I can't even say or speak of myself. John 8, 28, Jesus said, I do nothing of myself, but as my father hath taught me, I speak these things. So he lived a life completely devoted, submitted to the will of God. And of course, that's a requirement for us. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That word sacrifice is translated victim. I'm placing myself in the hand of God to do whatever he decides. Submit yourself under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time, a lifestyle of submission. This is what the lifestyle of righteousness looks like or the righteousness of faith. But what you can't do is exclude the righteousness of the scribes and the righteousness of the Pharisees, which includes prayer, reading the scriptures with understanding, tithing, doing good works, giving of alms, um, giving of, of sacrifices and offerings. Um, all this stuff is still part of our requirement, and yet none of that requires faith. And so all three parts are a necessity if we're going to live a life pleasing to God. And so I highlighted on last week the fact that Jesus said that many of you prophesied in my name. Many of you did marvelous works in my name. He said, but depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And so we have this passage 
In Matthew 7, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils in that name in your name? We've done many marvelous works. And then will I profess unto them? I never knew you depart from me, you worker of iniquity. So before we take a look at the worker of iniquity portion of the scripture, let's highlight this this area as they're making a argument of all the things that they've done. I've prophesied and I've cast out demons and I've done marvelous works. We're talking about miracles. That word marvelous works is translated dunamis. We're talking about the dunamis power of God, the dynamite power of God. So we're talking about individuals. Um, you can't prophesy and make the argument that I prophesy if there's inaccuracies in your prophecy. So we're talking about individuals that hear the voice of God and are now a mouthpiece of the voice of God. You're saying what the Lord is saying, thus saith the Lord. And that word is being fulfilled. It is coming to pass in people's lives. He said, we cast out demons. That means these people have been set free and delivered. We did miracles in your name. These are things that cannot be done apart from the spirit of God and God's power. If we look at first Corinthians chapter 12, we have a passage there where he talks about the nine manifestations or we call them gifts, but the nine gifts of the Holy spirit or the way that the Holy spirit will manifest himself are listed here in first Corinthians chapter 12. The reason Paul wrote this is because they were having spiritual encounters there in Corinth and they needed understanding of what spirit is this. They knew it was something supernatural. And so Paul wrote this in first Corinthians 12 to help them understand. This is how the Holy spirit manifests himself. So at verse eight, it says for to one is given by the spirit. I'm talking about the spirit of God, the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost, all are synonymous. So there's only one spirit and this is how he manifests himself. For one is given the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another divers kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. And then he concludes by saying, but all these worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will, as he will, as the Holy spirit wills. So that's why we don't, I don't use the word gift because it doesn't work as man chooses. It works as the Holy spirit wills. So he manifests himself in the midst. And then as we yield ourselves to the Lord, then he can begin to prophesy through one of us or work miracles or healings through an individual that has submitted, submitted himself to the spirit of God. So the point I'm making is the statement made to Jesus, we prophesied in your name that cannot be done unless we have the 
partnership of man and the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because all of this falls under the righteousness of faith. As we are being led by the Spirit of God, the Lord will bring us into deeper depths, uh, uh, into deeper heights or higher heights in our walk with him. And then he will say to you, I want you to say this to an individual. And he begins to bring us into these realms of prayer and realms of intercession and, and realms of visions and dreams and realms, realms of prophecy. And he begins to teach us how to, to work and flow with the Holy Spirit. And so these gifts or manifestations are available to the entire body of Christ. So we're talking about people that are saved, that are saying to Jesus, I prophesied, I cast out devils. You cannot cast out devils without power. Jesus made it very clear. They said to Jesus, you are trying to, you, you are casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus said that a house divided cannot stand. So number one, you cannot cast out demons by the power of the same house. And number two, you can't cast out demons unless you have power. So this is supernatural power. Jesus said, I was anointed to preach the gospel. I, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. He told them to go into the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them so that they can be endued with power. This is the Holy Spirit upon upon a person not within within is through salvation he comes to dwell inside of me i become the temple of the living god but when the holy spirit comes upon me that is power to do works to preach to deliver to set free to do marvelous works and so we hear here we have the manifestations of the holy ghost and these are individuals that are saying to god I've walked with you. I've done things in your name. I've done works. I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I've spoke your word and seen it come to pass. I've set people free through prayer or through the laying on of hands. And then Jesus makes this statement that's really surprising. He says, depart from me. I do not know you, you worker of iniquity. How is this possible? So the concept of a worker of iniquity, the word iniquity deals with breaking laws. These individuals are lawbreakers. If we look at this in another version, the NLT version says, he says, I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. NIV version says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Hmm. So that means there is a mindset here that says, if I'm prophesying, if I'm flowing with the Holy ghost and for me to prophesy, that means the Lord is speaking to me. He is showing me things, not just the revelation of things, but he might be even showing me things to come because prophecy requires the foretelling and the forth telling of events. People in these positions, as they're flowing with the Lord, 
walking this, this element of faith, that means that they're also probably given to prayer. But the Lord is saying to them, but depart from me, I don't know you. These people felt that they were qualified, that their, their salvation is secure because of their interaction with God and with the Holy Spirit. This is very scary. What Jesus said to them is depart. I don't know you, but he does reveal the cause of the problem. You worker of iniquity, you're, you're given to a lifestyle of breaking laws. You are a worker of evil deeds. So how does one prophesy accurately, pray accurately, lay hands on the sick, watch them recover, lay hands on those that are uh, possessed of demons and watch them be set free and still be a worker of iniquity how can they still be a law breaker how is it that God's power shows up in these experiences and brings healing and deliverance to those in need I want to first state that I've learned God is more concerned about the sheep he's more concerned about the people than he is about the vessel Am I saying God doesn't care about the minister or the vessel? Absolutely not. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I've learned that God will use anyone that is willing to be used to minister to those that are in need. So if you're just willing and you've yielded yourself, God will use you to bring deliverance. He'll prophesy through you. He'll give you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge for an individual to give them the answer that they're searching for. But in that search, it doesn't mean you as the vessel, the, the, the yielded vessel to God is now exempt, meaning you can live any kind of way that you choose. Workers of iniquity are those that have broken God's laws and broken his commandments. What are the, what are the commandments of God? And this is where we get into this place of confusion where we say we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. And we understand that this is the era of grace. This is the church age of grace. But grace does not mean we are exempt from breaking laws. It does not mean I could be given to adultery. I could be given to fornication, a lifestyle of lasciviousness, a lifestyle of strife. We have this list here in Galatians of the works of the flesh. The scripture says that if you are led by the spirit of God, then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't say that you will be able to prophesy. It doesn't mean you will be able to dream dreams and see visions and demons. That passage explains you will not be given to the lust or the works of the flesh. He concludes that passage by saying those that do these things, and there's about 18, 19 things listed on this list. Those that are given to these lifestyles will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yes, we prophesy by the same spirit. It's the spirit of God that gives us the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. He is the one that poured out of himself dreams and visions. That's what Peter explained on the day of Pentecost. But if we are to be led by the same spirit, 
then we must be obedient to the leading, not just the voice. And so for in order for me to prophesy, I need to hear the voice of God. But now when it comes to him leading my life, I have to be obedient to this, to the, the spirit of God. And when he tells me not to do certain things or not even to think on certain things, not to entertain certain things with my mind, it's important that we are all obedient to this leading. The scripture says that when temptation comes, there's no temptation that shall overtake a man. All temptations are common. That means that we won't experience a, a temptation no other man has ever experienced. But he says that, that when temptation comes, there, that God will make a way of escape. We literally have no excuse when we stand before God and say that I fell into temptation, especially those that know the voice of God. They know the spirit of God. They have an intimate relationship with him. And now to ignore the way of escape when temptation comes, this is a dangerous place to be. Jesus said, I don't know you. How come you don't know me? Because you're never obedient to my voice. Yeah, you responded when it was time to prophesy. You responded when it was time to bring deliverance. And I use you because you're willing and there was someone in need. But what it doesn't what it doesn't do is exempt you from a lifestyle. Those that are given to sin, there will be a consequence for it. They are workers of iniquity. The law of Moses never changed. Have no other God before me. Love God with all thy heart, mind and strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If I break those laws, and I treat others in ways that they shouldn't be treated. We are told to extend mercy. We are told to be stewards of God's grace. And when I ignore these commandments, that makes me a lawbreaker. I can't live as any way that I choose. As a matter of fact, the fact that we are under grace means that there is a much higher call upon us. The scripture says that there is a liberty that has been granted to us as a result of us being under grace. But he says that we cannot take this liberty that's been given to us for granted. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, Paul says, Brethren, you have been called unto liberty. That's this, this grace that's been extended to us. We've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. At verse 14, he says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And then he goes into walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can you see how all of this comes together? The lifestyle matters, not just the ability to have a, a lifestyle of faith where I prophesy and dream and, and, and I'm given to visions and angelic experiences, but he's talking about maintaining the law. Why is the law important? 
because the law has not gone away. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. He says we can't bite one another. We can't devour one another. We cannot yield to our flesh. That's verse 16. This I say then in conclusion, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So beside our our dealings with other brothers and Christians in Christ, we can't be given to fulfilling the lust of the flesh in our life. Verse 17 for the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. These are things that people are doing and saying, but I prophesy in your name. I cast out demons in your name. Yes, but you're either given to the works of the flesh or you are devouring your neighbor. He said, depart from me because I do not know you. You are a worker of iniquity. You've broken my commandment. You've broken in this case, as we're putting this all together, you've broken the righteousness of the scribes. You've broken the righteousness of the Pharisees. And all you did was focus on was the righteousness of faith, receiving Jesus and now being given to works, uh, the ability to 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 flow in the gifts of the spirit. It's a very dangerous place to be. This is why all three are important. The righteousness of the scribes, the righteousness of the Pharisees and the righteousness of faith. We can't lean to one and ignore the others. All three are equally important. Thank you for joining us on today and be blessed. You have been listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series, The Adventures of Rai Rai. To learn more about these books or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at DariusGood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation and enlightenment. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, may God open unto you his good treasure. Be blessed.